0: everyone. In this episode of the Banning USD Real Talk podcast, Superintendent Davis and I will be interviewing Carrie Shook. Carrie has been a part of the Banning community for 18 years, with nine of those being a Banning USD staff member wearing many hats. Carrie is currently a supervisor for fiscal services here at Banning USD, and we are so excited to get started with our conversation with her today.
1: Well, thank you, Lynette White. Um, I am really looking forward to talking with Carrie. And so Carrie Shook, can you please introduce yourself to our audience? And when I say introduce, I want you to think about like, you know, how long you've been here, what your roles have been, because I think you've had quite a few roles in the district. So let everybody know who you are.
2: Well, thank you, Mr. Davis and Ms. White. I am thrilled to be here today and be a part of this podcast. Um Like I said, I had to learn a little bit about what a podcast was. So this has been very exciting and then you get to be a part of it. So I moved to this community in 2005 when my youngest daughter started school here at Hoffer Elementary. She went all the way through Banning and graduated here in 2018. During that time period, so I started as a parent, moved on to a parent volunteer, was a parent liaison for several years, helped run the PTO at Hoffer. Um, Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> helped with the reading specialist, came in a couple times a week and helped read children. Then my daughter got a little bit older, started with the band. So I started as one of the band parents, was out every activity, every concert we could be at, supporting all of them, being part of the band boosters. So a lot of parent involvement was my biggest thing in helping support my child. I started working at the district in 2015 as a parent educator. Came in here and that was exciting to get to work at Hammerlead and at Hoffer during the time. I did that for a year and a half and then I moved to Banning High School as the principal secretary. I did that for two years and that was very exciting to be a part of the students lives and even more exciting because my daughter went there at the time and didn't mind her mom being at the school. Oh that's cool. That was neat. Then I moved to the business services department as our purchaser. As purchaser um, I enjoyed that for a while. got to learn all about how we spend money here in the school district, be a part of that. From there, I kind of went over to benefits and started supporting our employees with helping select their benefits and doing all that process. I worked a little bit as a, um, the fiscal services supervisor, kind of an out of class position in a time of need that we had here which was great because that helped me prepare me for the
1: position that I'm in now as a fiscal services supervisor.
0: Nice. You've done it all. He wasn't kidding.
1: Well, that's that's interesting because Carrie, I've known you almost three years now. Almost three years, uh, <laughs> which seems like more than three years, but you've done a lot. You've been involved in a lot and I didn't realize all of those things. So it's not until you talk with people, do you get a sense for all the things that they do and how they contribute to the community. And so a few things I just want to Touch back on. One is band. I just have a comment about band and maybe a thought. And then like five different positions. So uh, what I do know about a secretary is they say like they run the school site.
0: Yes, sir. Uh,
1: and so then when you start talking about a high school secretary. Oh my, that's a lot of responsibility. And so you, you've been through kind of the fire and know about students, parents, teachers, staff, all of these things going on. So that's a vast amount of experience that you're providing to the district. So thank you for that. And this is what I want to say about band. I didn't know anything about band until my daughter got to college. And she did, so she was on the, uh, it wasn't the. she wasn't a cheerleader. She was very clear with me that she wasn't a cheerleader. On the dance team? She was on the dance team. And the dance team was a part of the band. (laughs) But this is what I learned. Band students, and I see this with our our students in in banding, they're different. They have, a, they have a different level, it seems like, of responsibility. Like, they step in, they're very mature, they own the work, they're responsible, in a general sense. And I've just been very uh, blown away by students of BAND. Is that an experience that you've had?
2: You know, I believe that the BAND program is what helped my daughter excel through school. And she started focusing in on that. It helped her clarify what she needed to do in math, what she needed to think through with her future, Um, I contribute a lot of her success to her music teachers, just for that. So, yes, I do see that in band. She stepped up in other leadership positions. These kids, they're so brave when they get up there with those instruments. Oh, yeah. Play these songs in front of all of us. And they could mess up, and we wouldn't know. But they sure know. And the pride they take in it, and the performances, and the time they put in. These band students, they are definitely something for band.
1: And that's what I want to explore a little bit more, because you have a lot of experience not only working in the school district in several capacities, but also as a parent. So I just want to take you back for a second. And I always try to frame, frame things in what happened then, like the past versus now and the future. So I know one thing about you, Carrie, is that you're a straight shooter. You're very honest. You're upfront. You're going to call it like it is, but you're also very professional. And, and I'm not saying that You can't be professional if you don't call it like it is, but you have all of those things. And you do it with such grace. And so what I want to ask you, if you go back to the experiences that your daughter had in school, what was going on in the district? Or what are some things that were happening then? And what are some things that are happening now that you see that are different and or the same? And what do you envision the future to look like? What would you like to have as a parent of a student who graduated here for other students coming up in the future. And so our audience would like to know that from someone who's worked in the system as well as had students who graduated from the system.
2: So I think one of the biggest things that we, ha- we, we worked with then, we still continue to struggle a little bit with, is parent involvement in our district. Um, have been an active parent when I was, you know, my daughter started kindergarten at that point of it. It was really a great experience because I had to learn, relearn how we teach everything and what a way to be able to support your child. Now, that was challenging, and it's still challenging for parents today because we work. We all work full time, and how do you get in here and volunteer in your schools? So I was very lucky to have a job that allowed me the time to do that. They gave me credit for being here and allowed me time outside of my hours to do that. Not everybody has that opportunity. So what I did as a parent leader at that time is I stepped in and focused on parents who wanted to help out, but maybe didn't have the flexibility to come to the school site during the daytime. What were some of the skills or some of the things they could help us with? I think back in the day when I was raising my oldest daughter, you used to call it like a room parent or something Mm -hmm, like that. Yeah. Just kind of group everybody together and help organize. But we did that on a bigger scale at Hoffer. Maybe they could come help with their evening activities. Maybe it was just phone calls. Maybe they could help fold paperwork. You know, simple things that we did. So parent involvement was my biggest thing that I think helped both my daughter and I get a great start here at Banning Unified. And I say that because I didn't do that with my first daughter in her first district. And I see the struggles she might have had compared to less mm-hmm. struggles my youngest had. And so I really, really feel strongly about that. Over the years, I think we've stepped out and really tried to include the parents. And again, in a working community, it's it's tough. So I think we need to, for our future and where we need to go with that, is just, again, exploring more and really having those real conversations with the parents on how they want to be a part of our district, partnering partnering with the parents. We may teach their students and have them all day, but we remember that they're our partners. And when I was treated as an equal partner as a parent, that made a world of difference and made me want to do that
1: much more. And so let me jump in on that, because we're doing some work with the National Center Education and the Economy, and we have some parents, we have staff members, and some administrators, and one of the, I think, parents on there talked about the involvement, and what they shared was, you know, coming out of the pandemic, a lot of things were virtual, and we're still kind of doing some of those things virtual with outreach, and I think it's time to bring that back in the space, but that goes back to how can parents be engaged, but we have to ask them. What is the best way to engage? That's one piece. The other thing is uh, you talked about learning. So in Banning, we want to be, we aspire to be a learning organization where everyone is learning. Of course, our goal and our mission is students. That, that's, the, our, that's why we exist. But it's not just our students, it's our staff and also our parents. Because if we're not bringing them along And we're not exposing them to what's happening at school or listening to their concerns about what's happening to their students. We're missing the boat. And so that's something that we really need to have some conversations about and focus on how to do a better uh, job in that area. So thank you for bringing that up.
2: I think there's been some great classes that we've had for parents and brought them in over the years. And every time we've, I've never got to attend one, but from every parent that I've spoke to, they have just... Got so much out of those classes, and having them at different times and available for them, so that's a really good thing we've done over the years.
1: And actually, Lynette and I had an opportunity to uh, meet with a group today about social media. And there's this company that does uh, parent and student training, and they utilize students in their training about social media, about
0: the safe uh, safety of AI, so, yeah safety mm-hmm. citizenship digital citizenship. Uh, so
1: that's something that I, I think is something that we need, and we're going to explore that more.
0: I love that. Yeah, for sure. So now transitioning to a different lens, uh, looking at your Banning USD leadership lens, uh, including your time as CSCA president, how do you think we can best support our students from a leadership perspective?
2: So I think for me, the first thing when I think about supporting our students is that we need to remember who our students are. It sometimes can be tough because we're locked in an office all day in our leadership positions. We don't get to see the students and work with them as much as you do when you're at the school site. Mm -hmm. So my first thought is to support their students is we need to be there with them. Mm -hmm. My goal is to get out just once a quarter and just kind of see at the school sites and just sometimes it's just seeing the check-in process or how they have an activity or band concerts. I've been to every band concert there could be. So it's supporting our students. That's the biggest key factor we have. Remembering they're the reasons that we're here. If we don't do that, then as a leadership, we would have failed. So we need to remember that part of it. And it all starts from there. Everything that we can build on and do to support our students will come from us knowing who they are and hearing them and seeing what their needs are from there.
1: So I want to touch on this because when I came to Banning, I did have some experiences uh, with working with bargaining teams and, and labor partners. But you struck me as someone very different as the classified leadership team president. Uh, You would come to board meetings, and you would always have something to say, which is good. (laughs) But you always balanced things that were going well with concerns that you had. And every time you brought up concerns that you had, it was never accusatory. It was never uh, blameful or pointing at the finger, shaking it at you. It was just as a matter of fact, these are the concerns that we were we're having, that were real. And we talked about those, you and I, because at the time I was Assistant Superintendent of Human Resources. So taking you back to that one thing that struck me as a little bit different is that your positivity and again, things that were going well. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me why you did that or where you got that from? or Because it, it, it meant a lot, I think, to me personally, and I, I think it meant a lot to our district in having a positive mindset but still being real about the challenges.
2: So just, you said it earlier, just because you're real doesn't mean that you don't, you know, you can't be a positive person. You have to you have to look at both sides of it. There's things that everybody does well and more things that they, and things that they struggle at. There may be 50-50, it may struggle more or do really well at things, but if you don't focus on the positive You're not setting yourself up for improvement for the future. You have to know what you do right. And sometimes as frustrated as I would get, even with Mr. Davis, we were sitting there discussing (laughs) things. (laughs) There was something good we could find of it. Sometimes the good was that we had the discussion. Mm -hmm. You know, it may not have been something they know what was going on at the time, but we had a good discussion and we have to recognize and appreciate that from everybody when those positive things have happened. But then we do have to have that real talk and say, these are the struggles, So how can we move them over to the positive side? What do we need to do so I can come back next board meeting and say, hey, we work through this issue?
1: Well, uh, this kind of goes into um, our theme for the year, which we're going to talk about in just a quick second. But before you get there, and you can cut this part out, Lynette, if you want to. (laughs) But I'm going to say this part is that, you know, when you talk about you you have to see the positive because there's a lot of positives going on. So I've been watching the Wimbledon uh, tournament and you know i've been watching tennis for a little while and i'm i'm getting more into it a little bit so they're in the quarterfinals and one thing that i've noticed is that now again the wimbledon is a tennis sport and it's a professional tennis and uh the wimbledon is played in england and they have a lot of history so one thing is that they all wear white when they're playing they can't wear any other color because that's tradition and it's history and there's all kinds of reasons for it but you can look it up online But one of the things that I see is after a match is over, they celebrate the loser and the winner. And then when the winner talks, everything is very positive. And I was looking at that last night and I was going, what if we lived in a world where no matter what, you did something wrong, you made a mistake, you're upset with something, we celebrated the positives as well. And I think that's something that we don't do enough in education because education gets a bad rap for a lot of different things. But are we talking about the positivity that's there as well? Because if we are, then that builds and that grows. And so I'm saying that to say it's possible in thinking about the Wimbledon and now thinking about you, Carrie, you did that. You did that for our district and you modeled that. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. And I'm just um, I'm thankful and and very have a lot of gratitude for you for doing that and being who you are. So thank you for that. Thank
0: you. Yeah, I agree. In education, we focus a lot on deficit language. It's always where the cracks are, and it's good in a sense because we do need to know where the cracks are, but that can't be the only focus. I think what Carrie brings, and from I I haven't known you that long, but from day one you were just – you had a very positive mindset, Um, and I think that's the difference – on someone who's going to see the positivity and not think of it as looking through rose-colored glasses, but, you know, the positive with what we need to work on, not necessarily the negative, but what we need to improve. I think it's, you know, looking at things in that way.
1: And so with that said, this year's theme is, It Begins With Me. Yay! And that was released, like, right toward the end of the year. And that theme came about not because of what I, Terrence Davis, wanted to happen. That was a survey that went out to staff. And we got some feedback and play with that. And I think when the theme came out, I think I saw you in the lounge and I think you had a comment. I can't remember. I don't want to take your words out of context or, or put words in your mouth. But but the what you said to me touched me personally regarding those words. Do you recall that? One. And two, what does that how is that gonna resonate with you this year? What are you gonna do differently uh, in regards to utilizing the theme to guide you? as you support our school district?
2: Well, I think my first thing that I liked when I saw this theme is it's kind of been my motto in life. What can I do? You can't do for something for me if I don't even know what I want or how to express that to you. So it begins with me. When I heard that and watched your little segment, the video that you sent out, I was like, yes, this is this is amazing. Last year's motto was great. The time is now. Yep, it was time. It was time to get in there. But it begins with me. That means something to every single person that will utter those words. I don't care who you are. If you say those words, it begins with me. That takes some ownership, responsibility, accountability. That tells me that I may not see our students every day, but their education, you know what? It begins with me. Mm -hmm. What I'm doing will affect that. And that really resonated with me on that piece of it. The other thing I liked is that it wasn't hard for me to remember because I've always been this way. (laughs) You could interview my children and they would tell you that I always told them what you're going to get out of it is what you decide you want to get out of it. So you always remember that it's going to start. It's going to start with you. You have to communicate it and express it to me. And so this was like, oh, this is great because I don't even have to work to remember this one. It's something I've lived by my children have lived by for 20 and 30 something years. That's awesome. And it was successful in our lives. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the success that comes to banning by having this mindset. What I'm going to do differently is just, well, for me, it's not a lot different because it's how I think, but what I'm going to differently is express and help our other employees, our members, our um, anybody we communicate with to remind them that it may begin with me, but if you say that, it begins with you too. And what can you do to help our children? It's all about our children and we all need to remember that. And I think this will really help us resonate that piece of it.
1: It really creates a collective power influence if you think about it. If you have a team of ten people, and you know there are people sometimes they're a little nonchalant, maybe they're involved. You don't know, but what you see, what you perceive, is what you take away. But just imagine all ten being committed in owning something. You're going to get a much better end result than if three or two people are participating. So that's that's pretty and powerful.
2: I, I yeah. love that. It's the ownership. Like I said, it's just for sure. The cool part about the theme is is
0: it's actionable. Like it begins with me. I am now going to charge forward and take action in what I do to, you know, contribute to the greater, greater good of the district. Right. Mm-hmm. So I like that it's actionable. I like that it's not just like this figment, this thing, but
2: you can put it into action. Like you're saying. The other part about that too, is it kind of reminds you that every person here that deals with it may be somebody's role model. So if it begins with me, I it love means I need to, demonstrate that also, not just say it, but I need to demonstrate it. So it begins here.
1: Love That's it. Awesome, awesome, so awesome.
0: before we close and get into our fast five, is there anything uh, that you want to tell our audience that we didn't get into?
2: Always something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always something. I think one thing I would want to express to our audience, whoever it would be here in Banny, is just reminding everybody how important they are in our lives. I love it. I love working with them. Love getting to meet them. And Yes. Thank you for all of that. Awesome.
0: Great (laughs) soundbite. And so now let's get into our fast five. So this is a fun little game so we can kind of get to know each other, get to know the people that are on this podcast. Um, What is your favorite app? And you're going to answer too, Superintendent Davis. I didn't know that. I I know. I know. (laughs) What's your favorite app? New York Times Crossword Puzzles. Oh, she just upped it. So if you say Instagram.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm not even going to say a social media platform. There's a, a a game that I play, and I've been playing it for too long, and I can't let it go. I think it's called uh, Food Time or Great <laughs> Time. But you you have these little people, and they're making meals, and they. It's like you go to different countries, and you provide food. So you got I'm, the <laughs> New
0: York Times crossword. <laughs> food time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: I okay, don't know. I it, it just gives me some mental space break
2: what yeah. is the favorite song that puts you in a good mood i just love music but i think that one would be a matchbox 20 song called soul just reminds you of so much that i can participate and i can do it
0: okay that's a good song i like matchbox 20 that's yes. back from uh from my high school days
1: but aren't you supposed to be <laughs> answering these two you didn't answer no the go first ahead one. Oh, that's i don't know if that's fair But life isn't fair. Okay, so my newest favorite song is called Good Morning Gorgeous, and it's by Mary J. Blige. And basically she talks about the first thing that she does when she wakes up is look in the mirror and tell herself she's gorgeous. Because it starts with you feeling, uh, giving yourself the power and ownership of the day to to set the tone. And that's been, uh, I've been listening to that now for about a month or so, and I listen to it every morning. Powerful, so me. we
2: have the same reasons for liking songs. I like that part, <laughs> that's
1: there funny.
0: Okay, I'm gonna change question three. What's your favorite food?
1: Favorite food? Well, I know mine, it's uh, shrimp fried rice. Oh, yeah, I love that. it's the best. Yeah, it's
0: good from the little
2: spot right here, right?
1: Yes, yes, but in general, <laughs> anywhere. So.
2: And Gary, Well, I think mine would probably be spaghetti, but it has to be from my favorite restaurant out in Ontario. It it's spaghetti. We went there yesterday and it was amazing. You'll have to so, give me
0: that because I, I love me some Italian food for sure. <laughs> okay. If you guys could travel anywhere in the world, where would you want to go and why?
2: For me, it's Greece. I don't even have to think about it. Yes. There's so much history, the architecture, the people, the beauty of just the land. I I would probably go and not come back. But <laughs> If I could travel like that, girl. There. When I go on vacation, I'm like, I could live here.
1: <laughs> Mine I think is I think is Bora Bora. And only because of what I see. Like yeah. there, there's these I mean and I know it's probably a hotel or a couple that's right on the water. Uh, yes. yeah. And then you can just kind of isolate yourself and be in your own space. Now I don't know if I'm going to go in the water, maybe a little bit because I don't want to get <laughs> eaten up by sharks, but <laughs> it's just the thought of just sereneness and peace and beautiful water.
0: Yes. Sounds good. Okay. Last question. What is your
2: favorite hobby? For me, I love to read. Give me a book, a magazine. I don't care what it is. Give me something to read, especially if it's about history. I can go get lost anywhere and read. That
1: is awesome. I love listening to books, (laughs) uh, but my favorite hobby is golf, I think, right now. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's for several reasons. Not that I'm any good. It's that I get away, there's no noise, there's no space, I'm relaxed, and I get better. So for me, it's about my own personal growth. As long as I'm getting better, then I feel like I'm doing something. in life.
2: So awesome. But you, you can all... get lost in a book, too. Right? <laughs>
1: that's right. And get better at the same time. <laughs> there, you there you go. There you
0: go. Well, thank you guys for playing the Fast Five. And uh, that's the end of our, our episode. Thank you so much, Carrie, for coming on with us. We
2: appreciate you. Thank you for allowing me to participate.
1: Yeah, very happy to have you, Carrie. And and I'm very, uh, we are very fortunate and grateful for you to be a part of the community and now on the leadership team, uh, looking through a different lens, but providing the support for our students and our families. So we really appreciate the work. Thank
0: you very much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Banning USD Real Talk Podcast. We hope you'll join us for our next episode featuring our athletic director, Brandon Mason, and our brand new football coach, Jake Measel. Also, be sure to like and subscribe our podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. Talk soon.